Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include a California Community Reinvestment Act update, my interview with Dewar Alimi, CEO and co-founder of LenderPrice, on how lenders can best utilize increased technology, and a look at the bond sell-off last week. I'd like to thank Verity Global Solutions for this week's podcast sponsorship. Verity is a labor and automation solution provider that performs all non-customer-facing functions, from origination through servicing, representing 60% of all back-office operations. Verity helps you scale up and down on demand and is your 24-7 global team, helping you increase productivity and increase your margins by 10 to 15 basis points. Lenders can operate more profitably by utilizing skilled resources that are available at a fraction of the cost you are currently paying. This approach allows lenders to focus their high-value employees on high-value tasks. With Verity, focus on what sets you apart, a better borrower experience. How are we in the week ending the first quarter already? Here's some news that will be greeted by glee with every independent mortgage banker in the nation, whether they do business in California or not. The California MBA and National MBA, as well as consultants across the state, have defeated the Community Reinvestment Act requirement for non-depository institutions in California. Given that 20-25% of residential production comes from the Golden State, it has wide ramifications. CEO Susan Malazzo tells us that the author of Senate Bill 1176 is removing all current CRA language. Proponents of CRA requirements for IMBs relied, in part, on a Greenlining Institute report. What else are independents watching? A recent Stratmore workshop indicated that the technology dollars spent is down for some large banks, but appears to have increased for some large independent mortgage banks as they are more likely to have transaction-based pricing than large banks. So, in 2021, are there more loans originated equated to higher costs for the independents, or large banks were too busy during the refinance boom of the last two years and may have hit the pause button on major projects? The technology being used by residential lenders is constantly evolving. For today's interview, I want to welcome onto the show Dewar Alimi, CEO and co-founder of LenderPrice, a leading SaaS-based mortgage pricing and underwriting engine. Dewar has been in the mortgage industry for over two decades now, earning his place as a thought leader in financial technology and innovation. Prior to founding LenderPrice, He owned a loan origination software company, a wholesale mortgage company, and an escrow company. He's also held several executive C-level positions. Dewar has an MS in computer science from Boston University, which he put to good use when he helped create LenderPrice's cutting-edge pricing underwriting and analytics solution. We've heard about the digitization of the mortgage space for the last decade or so now. Has the pace of innovation or adoption picked up or slowed recently? Has it it been kind of an exponential growth curve? How do you view it? It's a good question. I mean, it is dependent on the technology in question. It's difficult to put them all in one bucket. For us, we've seen an increase on demand because our solution is easier to replace than an LOS, for example. We're constantly looking at ways for to accelerate the implementation process through the use of automation, specialized scripts, and other technologies. You know, on the underwriting side, you can use our engine without or with an integration, which makes sense. So with or without an integration for lenders uh, to adopt uh, our solution, as long as you can demonstrate a solid ROI, increase the team's efficiency. 
uh, I've always said here at Underprice that new opportunities are created as a result of challenges. The pace of innovation has undoubtedly accelerated in the last decade. Consider <laughs> the proliferation of new startups over the previous decade, like Lenderprice Us. This happened as a result of the strength of the technological development in open source software and, and frameworks out there. You've seen this huge move from uh, shifting your, your data centers, your on-prem data centers over to AWS and Azure and adopting you know, virtual private clouds, VPCs. I think a lot of that is going to continually you know, increase. What are some areas of the mortgage process you think lenders can benefit from increased technology specifically? In the last decade, you've seen a lot of digitization of the origination at the very beginning of the origination process, like within the point of sale vendors. What's missing is the digitization of the fulfillment process. Uh, areas that are focused on product processing, underwriting, funding, post-closing. And that's, you know, that's an area that we're really focusing on. If you look at the cost of loans, it's still pretty high. And that's because we made it very easy for borrowers to apply for a loan. They could upload documents. So we've done so, so we've made great headways there. But when it comes to underwriting and the various programs and products and you know that are available, the underwriting piece is an area that still needs a lot of you know a lot of digitization. And you're seeing that with various technological. Uh, solutions out there from digital asset verification, digital income verification, digital employment verification. All of those things have to come in, come together and be part of the AUS. And you've seen that with LPNDU. What you haven't seen is all those loans, the non-conforming, non-agency, non-QM loans. What happens there? And you know that's another area that we're focused on. So it's digitization of the fulfillment space or the fulfillment process, if you will, that I see that there's a huge opportunity for us to tackle. Yeah, and it's an interesting time out there in the mortgage industry. Lenders were so inundated with volume the last couple of years, but uh, that, that was expected to slow this year, and we've already seen it start to slow as, as well as margins compress. Is sooner rather than later always the best time to implement new technology, or is it best in slower periods when proper training can occur, how, how do you uh, advise companies on that? In the last two years during the refi boom, it's very difficult for lenders to go, look, I'm gonna stop what I'm gonna do right now, replace technology, and then affect you know, our, you know, our business. Um, this is the right time. I've been in this industry for you know, you know, two decades, and I could tell you that the lenders that adopt technologies when volume is down, this is the time that they actually do it. And the ones that do it come out on top. So what we've seen is that we've seen an uptick in lenders looking at their tech stack. You know, lenders out there do have solutions that have an expiration date. And they understand that if they can look at their tech stack and they can look at the solutions that they use and they can swap and replace newer solution that can create efficiencies and that can lower cost and make their employees more efficient, this is the time that they should do it. Because we, we're on a cyclical industry. So once the cycle goes to the point where now, you know, volume is increasing, you want to be in a position where you've got a tech stack 
that enables you to be lean and mean, and that enables you to also hire new employees that can quickly use solutions that have better user experiences. You've owned a wholesale mortgage company, you've owned an escrow company, you owned a, a loan origination software company prior to lender price. And lender price is a SaaS-based mortgage that offers cutting-edge pricing, underwriting, and analytics solutions. What was the impetus for starting this company? Yeah, really, the impetus was looking at the space. I mean, if you look at a lot of the investors out there that have invested in uh, the mortgage industry and that are continually investing, they understand that this is an industry that's very, at the very beginning, it was very slow to adopt new technologies, but in the last, te- in the last 10 years, They've been very quick at adopting new new technologies. So, so the impetus for starting this was look the various frameworks, open source technologies, different ways to make the user experience better. Um, you know, the current solutions are old monolithic solutions, so they can't scale very well. There's there's they have horrible performance on the back end. It's very difficult to use on the front end. It's very difficult very difficult to use. So. Uh, these open source solutions where you're looking at various JavaScript frameworks, um, they've made it very easy for designers to look at the user and say, you know what, we can actually make this a lot better. We could automate certain processes. You know, we could provide, you know, know, useful tools out there that can streamline the loan process, that can help underwriters, that can help processors, that can help loan originators. The timing was right. And being in the industry for a long time, a lot of the legacy solutions worked for, 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 you know, for a while, but then now it's the time, especially around 2011, 2012, that's when you started seeing a lot of investment in mortgage tech. And then it's, it, and since then, it's just dramatically increased. Um, and you're seeing more and more investment in it, whether it's from VCs or private equity, they're all realizing that the new tech that are being adopted today are the ones that's going to replace the old ones that have been around for a while. So the timing was right for us. So that was the impetus. So I want to close with a personal question that I enjoy asking CEOs of various companies. And that is, who do you go to for advice? Very good question. You know, I take advice from everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For sure, our chairman and the board We've got a great team on our board. Um, you know, we've got great private equity, Argentum, that's, you know, that's backing us up. We've got straight, great strategic investors. I mean, you know, what, what some, some of the folks out there don't understand is that, uh, you know, Kevin Cosner invests in our company, Rod Lake. These are, these are folks that have been, you know, Kevin's not, not only been in the, industry, in the entertainment industry for a long time, but he's got great, great business in mind. He's, he's a, he knows a lot about business. And with Rod, you know, he has uh, scaled several companies, sold them. So really, it's the folks that are on the board. It's Argentum, our private equity. Um, But the other thing that I do a lot is I surround myself with smart people, smart people that are much smarter than I am, folks that I could ask questions, that could bounce questions, and folks that are that are that are subject matter experts in their you know in their particular fields. So, you know that's how you build a strong company, and, and those are the f- folks that you actually go to for advice. And then, ever since I you know uh, been an entrepreneur, I've always surrounded myself with mentors. It's 
crucial to have various, at least one mentor, but to have various mentors that you can call and that, that you can ask questions and then they'll set you on the right track. Because sometimes you might be thinking something that might be the right thing to do and then they'll get you thinking and, and you'll go, you know what, you know, maybe you're, you know, maybe what I thought was absolutely wrong or they'll go, you know, you're absolutely right. You're headed in the right track. Um, but, you know, surround yourself with mentors. It's crucial. That's an excellent answer. And I got to say, it was a immense pleasure talking to you this morning. I look forward to having you back on to talk a little bit more about lender price specifically. So thank you for making the time and we'll chat soon. Great. Thanks, Ravi. Appreciate it. Last week's bond sell-off continued on Friday. And interest rate volatility is nearing the highs reached during the peak of the COVID crisis in March 2020. Some of the attribution to the sell-off was related to reports of Russia scaling back its war aims, but it also coincided with hawk talk from more Fed officials, including Chair Powell and traditional doves. Calls are now for at least one, if not more, 50 basis point hikes from the Fed in the coming meetings. The University of Michigan's final March Consumer Sentiment Survey showed inflation expectations remain high. The March reading marks the lowest level for the index since October 2012, as inflationary psychology is becoming more and more ingrained in the economic behavior of consumers and firms. Notably, it was indicated in the report that 32% of consumers expect their overall financial position to worsen in the year ahead, which is the highest level since the survey started in the mid-1940s. In general, economic reports last week for both manufacturing and home building showed supply shortages clogging the production pipeline across all parts of the economy. This week's economic highlights include several releases, including March payrolls on Friday. The focus is still on Ukraine and worldwide commodity inflation, but today's calendar includes advanced economic indicators for February, consisting of the goods trade balance, retail inventories, and wholesale inventories, as well as the Dallas Fed Manufacturing Index for March later today. After the desk released a new purchase schedule for the March 28th to April 13th period at the close on Friday, which dropped purchases in 2.5%, and added 4% into the mix in 30-year MBS, the desk will purchase a maximum at $2.15 billion today, consisting of 30-year 3% through 4%. We begin the day with agency MBS prices a few ticks better than Friday's close, and the 10-year yielding 2.47 after closing Friday at 2.49%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I have started telling everyone about the benefits of eating dried grapes. It's all about raising awareness. Thank you to Verity Global Solutions, an expert labor and automation solution provider that performs all non-customer-facing functions, from origination through servicing. Your 24-7 global team, Verity helps you scale up and down on demand, helping you increase productivity and increase your margins by 10 to 15 basis points. Focus your high-value employees on high-value tasks with Verity. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.